Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. that in just a moment, but uh, somebody reminded me, he said, you talked about the evening service. Well, if you, if you wasn't aware, I was talking about Sunday morning in terms of the parking, right? Everybody on the same page? It's not just in the evening services, it's whenever you come to church, just park out there, all right? If you need a valet parking, see uh, Gary in the back, he'll, he'll park. <laughs> Amen. Were you ready to get into this morning? Amen. How many of you love the Christmas time of year? Some do, some don't. And really, you know, at this time of year, there's, there's really two kinds of people. There's those kind of people that can't wait for Christmas to get here, and there's those people that can't wait for Christmas to be over. You know what I mean? I mean, there are those that started decorating for Christmas back at Halloween. They started to plan, and they started to decorate, you know. And, and you know, you, you start seeing it on Facebook nowadays that people are starting to post all their decorations. And some I've seen that was like, is it too early to put up the Christmas tree now? And it was just, it was just like the beginning of November. It's like, yes, it's too early. It's too early. But again, uh, you might be one of those individuals that say, I can't wait for Christmas to come, or I can't wait for Christmas to go. Whatever the case might be, it's, it's really a result of what Christmas has meant to you over the years, maybe through your upbringing the experiences that you had, whether it was good or whether it was bad. Again, it's all in what we've experienced through life as to how we view Christmas. And and just thinking about that, I was asking myself the question, if I was to reflect back on my my life, what Christmases stand out? And immediately there was two that just kind of came into to uh, remembrance as a child there was uh, gosh I think I was probably under the age of eight uh, my parents and I we lived in Mount Morris there was an apartment that we lived in and I remember getting up Christmas morning and as I walked out there was this little red velvet booty by the door and my mom says looky there Santa's boot and I said what she said, yeah, Santa, we, we got up, and, and as we came, he was, he was scurrying out the door, and he ran out so fast, he lost his boot. I'm like, whoa, I got his boot. You know, and it's like this thing this small. I mean, at that age, I didn't have the ability to put proportions, but, man, he was like an elf or something if it was that small. But, again, it was this one that stood out as a child. I don't know why that one came to mind. And then as I was probably in my preteen years, maybe my early teen years, uh, back then, you know, they didn't have these basketball units that you kind of put in the, the driveway and you can move them around and change them and whatever. It was hardcore, you know. It was like you had to buy a pole and you had to buy the backboard and, you know, you had to cement it into the ground. And so that was what I wanted for Christmas. I wanted this uh, gooseneck basketball unit for the driveway. And I remember coming down and it was all wrapped up in garbage bags because, you know, there's too much <laughs> too much wrapping paper to wrap it up. So I put garbage bags around it. But when I saw it, I'm like, I know what it is. That's my basketball thing. And again, it just stood out as a memory as a child. And maybe you have those as well. Maybe again, good or bad, or that there are specific memories of Christmas that have stuck with you. As, as a father and just have of being married, there's one that stands out, and it was just a matter of a couple years ago. We asked our children, you know, we can go on a family vacation, or we can get you a puppy. 
And actually, for me, it was just like, please say puppy, please say puppy, because it's going to be kind of cheaper on the, you know, than the, the family vacation. And you realize little kids, they can't resist little puppies. And so sure enough, they said, we want a puppy. And so my wife and I, we found the one that we wanted, and we had to drive down to just the, the, the edge of Ohio to get it. It was a little carrion terrier, you know, a little toto dog. And I can remember bringing it home. On the way home, the thing stunk to high heaven. I mean, it was just kind of in the... And so we stopped at PetSmart on the way home and, and said, can you give this little thing a bath before we take it home? And so they washed it up, cleaned it up, put a little Christmas bow on it. And so we got home. My parents were watching the kids for us. And so we got home, put it in a little box, got it all ready. And I can remember, I still remember my, my daughter Addison. As they came around the corner, we said, we want to show you something. Here is your Christmas present. And so they walk up to it, getting ready to look inside the box. And they weren't anticipating it being something that was alive. And so she looks in, and as soon as she looks in, it moves. She's like, <laughs> and then she realized it was a puppy. And then after that, it just, the story was over. But uh, just, you know, those memories. And so you might have memories as a child or as an adult. And really, again, as I said, it's all those memories that we have as a result of what we've experienced in this, in this life, as a child or even as an adult. And it seems like every year, Maybe you're like me, you can relate this. Every year I say, I'm going to get more festive. I'm going to choose to prepare a little bit ahead of time. We're going to get into the, just the Christmas spirit around the house. This is going to be full of love and, you know, you just feel that Christmas in the air, you know. Always having that desire and it seems like I always get to the end of the year. And it's like, well, we're going to have to try it again next year. <laughs> we didn't do it. Or my. Wife and my kids, they're always wanting us to put out Christmas lights. And it's just like, bah, humbug. I don't want to put Christmas lights out. You know, that's what the neighbors do it for. So you can look at theirs, you know. And so once again, you know, you're always looking at what could be, what should be. And there's something in that that can be haunting at Christmas time. We're talking about the ghost of Christmas past. And as I said, there's something that can be haunting about that because there's always next time or there always is a next time and those two statements sound the same but really they're different there's always next time meaning it's going to come around again I don't like it now but it's going to come around again next time or if we feel like we've failed and missed the mark then there's always a next time to where we have another chance right and so once again learning how to live this life not having regret, but moving forward. There was a statement that was made by John MacArthur Jr. talking about next time, and he speaks of this concerning Jesus. He said, the first time Jesus came, he came veiled in the form of a child. A star marked his arrival. Wise men brought him gifts, and there was no room for him. Only a few people attended his arrival. The next time that Jesus comes, he will be recognized by all. Heaven will be lit by his glory. He will bring rewards for his own, and the world will not be able to contain his glory. Every eye shall see him. He will come as sovereign king and Lord of all. My challenge for us this year, for this Christmas season, is that you use your faith for Christmas. You might say, how does that work? How do I use my faith? Because as I said, concerning Christmas, depending on your background, it can stir up some emotions and some feelings, some good, some bad. 
But I want to challenge you to use your faith to not look backwards, but use your faith to see Christ in Christmas. That this Christmas season that you truly can see Him. That's what I want this Christmas to be about with my kids, with my family. That it's about Jesus and not all the commercial side of what Christmas has become. But that we would truly see Him. There's something interesting about ghosts. Ghosts only live in the dark. Have you ever noticed that? It's only the scary things that live in the dark. I mean, as long as the daylight's going on, man, it's everything's good. I can see, I can see what's coming around the corner, but man, at nighttime, what's that noise, <laughs> right? Ghosts always live in the dark. Anybody remember the story of Ebenezer Scrooge? And then when did the ghost come to him? At nighttime, right? And it seems like it's always in the midnight hour or in the dark times of life that the ghost begin to show up with the memories of times past. John chapter 3, verse 19, the Bible says this, The light has come into the world, and men love the darkness rather than the light. You see, Christmas is all about Jesus. And the Bible says that when Jesus came, the world was dark. And people like the dark. Why? Because it became normal. How many of you have ever noticed that when it comes to dysfunction of life, it can become normal? <laughs> right? It's just that's all I know. That's normal. I mean, when you hear about the, just the system that our, our county, our personal county has, has dealings with. I mean, kids are living in just horrific environments. But the thought of what could be, their current position is predictable. So they choose to stay in a mess just because they know what to expect. And it might be dad beating them. It might be going without food. But it's predictable. Dysfunction can become normal. But Jesus said, I came. I was the light that came in the darkness. I came to expose the darkness. I came so that darkness does not have to rule to where darkness just becomes part of the norm. But you can begin to see clearly. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6, it says, For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts. When you receive Christ, the light of who Christ is comes and dwells on the inside of us. So in other words, you've got a flashlight on the inside. You do. Now, I don't know if you've ever experienced this before uh, where you need a flashlight. You've heard the noises, and you're like, what is it? And you go to find the flashlight, and you can't find the flashlight. Or you do find the flashlight, and you're like, <laughs> it won't work. You know, or it's just flickering, or, or it's just barely lit, and you're trying to get it to shine bright. You have a flashlight on the inside of you, and his name is Jesus. He's in you. And as dark as life might seem, there is a light on the inside of you that will dispel the darkness. But it's going to take faith for us to experience the light of what Jesus came to give. And this Christmas season, if it seems as though you're dreading it or just the memories of what was or what might be, there is light that is available to shine in the darkness. But it's going to take faith to release that light on the inside. John chapter 8 verse 12 says this. That Jesus spoke, in, spoke to them again saying. I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness. But have the light 
of life. Light always gives light always gives life. And did you notice he says, if you'll follow me. Why has dysfunction become normal? Because that's what we've always known. That's the path that we've always walked. That's what we've been taught just through experience of life. But Jesus says there's another way. If you'll follow me, I'll let the light shine. And it will produce life in your light. Light makes everything better. Have you ever noticed that? Light makes everything better. It makes the ghost go away. You know, I told you that I, I just have a disdain for <laughs> putting lights on the house. I shouldn't say that. It just it, You just get busy, and it's the last thing that you want to do. And then when they finally get on you, it's cold outside, and you don't want to put them up in the cold, you know. But isn't it interesting how lights can create a scene? There is a, a house just down the road from us. And, and if you go by, they've got these things out in the yard. And to look at it, it just looks like a mess, like framework of stuff. And it's just like, what in the world? I mean, there's nothing pretty about it. But when it gets dark and they flip the switch on, they have such an amazing light scene. I've never seen anything like it. There's some newfangled lights that they're using. Again, I've never seen this before. And it stops traffic. I kid you not, they're driving down the road and people are pulling off the side of the road. Why? Because in the midst of the darkness, when the light shines, it will get your attention. It makes things look better. What just seems like this framework of stuff and junk and whatever, when the lights come on, it's like, ooh, that's pretty. I like that. Right? Lights make everything look better. Have you ever noticed that you can... Put your tree up. And my wife, she did that this year. She, she set it up and she did the decoration. And she says, you know, I'm thinking about changing it up. I want to go this way, this kind of style of tree in the way she decorated. But she never got the decoration. So she's just using what she had. And so as she's standing in the back, she's like, oh, I just don't like the tree. It just, you know, look the way I want it to. You know, she's just, she's not happy with the way that it looks. But then she plugs the tree in when it's dark. And then all of a sudden, the lights come on, and she's like, whoo, that tree looks pretty. <laughs> it don't look too bad. Well, why? Because the lights fill in all the gaps. Where you saw there was some void and where it seemed there wasn't something that was as pretty or attractive as you wanted it to, as soon as the lights came on, it filled in the gaps, and it made things look better. Have you ever noticed that when you're trying to take a picture and, and, and you're standing in front of a window and the light is shining behind you and you're trying to take the picture, but in looking at the picture, I can't see your face because the light's behind you? That's what happens when the light shines of Jesus. We're so accustomed to looking at the stuff and the junk and the mess of life, but when the light comes on, it's kind of hard to see and make out the mess anymore. Why? Because the light shines and it drives out the darkness. Let's use our faith this year when it comes to experiencing the light of Christmas. In regards to our Christmas, it's really a legacy that we have come to experience. And whatever we've come to experience is a legacy that we're going to leave on. Now, listen to what the definition of legacy is. It's an inheritance. It's a heritage. It's an endowment. It's a gift. It's a birthright. 
Let me ask you the question. When it comes to your family, your children, your grandchildren, the legacy of what Christmas has become to you is what you're going to pass down. Is your Christmas experience bah humbug? I hate Christmas. Is your experience of Christmas just all about the gifts? And if I can bribe you with enough gifts, maybe you'll love me. No, there's a heritage that we're leaving, right? It's a gift. It's a birthright. I want my children to know what Christmas is really about. Sure, it's a lot of fun to experience the gift-giving because that's the greatest gift is Jesus. It's all about the gift. But I want them to know what the true meaning of Christmas is all about. My kids, now again, I just kind of, I don't know if I got any kids in here, so I'll speak in code. But my kids, they love Santa. But we've had discussions early on. We've expressed, we put it on the table, let's put it that way. All the cards were on the table, they knew from day one. It was never a misconception of what it was about. But yet, even in the midst of that, we can still have fun with Santa. Are you here? Why? Because I want them to know for sure, even though there's the fun of all the other, Jesus is the reason for the season. The light has come, and I want to encourage you, will you put your faith in letting the light shine? What do you want your legacy to be? Bah humbug, or do you want it to be come and see what God has done? You decide, you, you choose, you determine what your legacy will be. With the ghost of Christmas past, there can always be trepidation. You have a picture of what it should be or maybe what you want it to be. And sometimes we can be left with unmet expectations. There's nothing worse than having a desire for something to be and it not measure up to what it is. And unfortunately, in this society that we live in, we've made our Christmases keeping up with the Kardashians. Some of you may not even know who the Kardashians is. I, I don't follow them. You just know the name. Keeping up with the Joneses. You know what I'm talking about. It's not about the commercial side of Christmas, although that's fun. But once again, it's not about trying to keep up with somebody else's standard. If that's the case, then we always will come to a place where there's unmet expectations. A house is not a home. It's what you make of it. Home is where the heart is. What does your home look like? When it comes to Christmas, is it about what Jesus came to do or is it what you can do? God's desire is for us to serve him in the midst of this Christmas season. As for me and my house, as the Bible says, we will serve the Lord. I remember just watching just this past week, uh, Billy Graham, what's his son's name? Franklin Graham. He was talking about his dad. You know, his dad's still alive. And he was saying that his dad always read the Christmas story. The kids gathered around, and Billy Graham read from the Bible, here's what Christmas is all about. I love that. I love that legacy. I love that heritage. We do that with our children as well. What is it that you're purposing to do this Christmas? Christmas is about the gift of love. It's about the gift of forgiveness. It's the gift of reuniting family. Use your faith this Christmas 
to be able to give love. Use your faith this Christmas to give forgiveness. Use your faith this Christmas to allow the heart of God to reunite you with family. Now, you have to determine the boundaries of that. But I'm telling you what, God is in the business of restoring family. That's what Christmas was all about. It was about the love of God. It was about His forgiveness. And it was about reuniting His kids to Himself. Are there those family members that you wish you had relationships with? Is there something that has come between you and them? Is there something that is, has just become this issue and nobody knows what it is anymore? Use your faith to love beyond the mess. Use your faith to forgive. Do you realize that when you forgive, it doesn't come with a but? I'm sorry, but. Did you notice your butts always get in the way? <laughs> I'm telling you, happens every single time. Allow Christmas to be an opportunity for you to be reunited with those that you love. With the ghost of Christmas past, there can be a heaviness. Like something's just lingering. You know what I mean? I remember as a kid, I was watching one of those scary programs. And you realize that fear is really, it's a a spirit of fear. And so as I was watching a program, I mean, this all of a sudden, something felt like something was in the room. You know what I mean? I mean, my, the hairs on my arms stood up. I'm like, whoo, <laughs> not alone, <laughs> right? The ghost of Christmas past can bring a heaviness to it or just something lingering, just dreadful. I don't like the holidays. I don't like Christmas. It brings back bad memories. Maybe it's a matter of loved ones that are no longer with us and You miss them and it just brings about hard thoughts. It's so hard this time of year for so many. But you can continue in the legacy of repeating the mess or repeating just the doom and the gloom. Or you can allow God to begin to shine the light so that we can purpose to experience God's heart and God's desire to experience Christmas in its truest form. We can use our faith this year to have the best Christmas ever. We can use our faith to experience the best Christmas. And you might say, well, but my budget is is limited. I didn't say anything about buying the gifts. But you don't know where we're struggling. I'm not talking about the struggle. Jesus came so that you could experience life. He is the light. He is the way maker. He is the one that has come to give us life. If we can learn how to experience the love of God and use our faith, we'll begin to experience Christmas like never before. Well, how can I do that? Isaiah chapter 61 verse 3 says this. Put on the garments of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Remember I said when that old ghost shows up, it just seems like it's kind of heavy, something lingering around. What happens to your face when that shows up? Come on, you know what I'm talking about. You say hi to somebody. Hey, how you doing? Fine. You going to have a good Christmas? Yeah, I guess so. No, the Bible says, put on the garments of praise 
for the spirit of heaviness. What can I do? God, thank you that I have a roof over my head. Thank you that I live in the United States of America. Thank you that I have a great church. Thank you that my kids are doing well. Thank you that I have my health. Thank you that, Lord, the bills are paid. Thank you that I have heat in my house. Thank you I'm not starving. Come on, you've got so much to be grateful for. Do you realize that if you make $25,000 a year, you are in the top 4% of the world's population of economy? And you thought you were just barely getting by. I said, if you make over $25,000, you are in the top 4% of the population on this earth. I can't remember what this percentage is. I didn't even think about this. It just came to me. But so many of us take so much for granted. The majority of the world does not drive vehicles. But yet, we might have two or three. We've got two cars and got a motorcycle. Some people don't even have houses. But we in the United States of America, we got houses for our cars. Come on. We've got so much to be thankful for. And we got so much to give God praise for. As we were worshiping this morning and just the the lyrics that we were singing of of being free and how good God is and just God's faithfulness. God spoke these words to my heart. He said, when you'll praise from a sincere place of praise, you'll begin to experience the victory. And it might take faith, but there is a position in a place where you step from a place of doing it by faith to where you truly experience the victory of praise and it has a certain look to it let me give you this example what time do we got i'll share this quick joke with you i saw this story on the on on the internet the other day and this little boy he went to the court and, and when he's going to the court the judge was trying to place them into the right place of where they should he should have his uh his home, he, is, he, he was removed from his house. He is living with his grandparents. And so they wanted to do right by the child. And if at all possible, they were going to give him back into custody to his, his parents. And so he, the judge says to the little boy, he says, do you want to go back to your, your parents' house? He says, no, they beat me. And he says, well, you're with your grandmother right now. Do you want to stay with your grandmother? And he starts crying some more. And he says, no, she beats me more than my parents do. He says, well, the only other ones that we have is your aunt and uncle. He says, do you want to go with them? And he says, no, they've always beat me as well. And he started to realize that there was a family habit and just legacy within the home of child abuse. And he says, well, where would you like to go? And he says, well, how about the Dallas Cowboys? Because they've never beat anybody. (laughs) (laughs) So anyways, it just made me think of that as I was getting ready to tell you this. (laughs) So... Maybe I should have said the Detroit Lions. You know, I don't know. But anyways. (laughs) But think about this. If, If there is the team that is in a winning position, they're in victory. And there's the running back that gets the ball and he runs into the end zone. And he wins the final score to win the game. How many times have you ever saw the athlete that just won the game, start balling. It's just been such a good game. <laughs> Have great teammates, and I'm so glad we won the victory. 
this has been so good. It's been a good experience. Oh, they're just so faithful. Would you do that? No. What does somebody that has won the victory? Wow! Come on! We want it, man. They get their dance going on out there in the end zone. Right? There is a countenance to victory. And it comes out their mouth in a form of praise. They're high-fiving. They're slapping booties and whatever else, you know. I don't know. It's an expression. When you begin to tap in by faith through praise, it's going to light you up on the inside. Oh, praise the Lord. You've not got the victory yet. When you got the victory, praise God. Oh, God, you're good. Thank you for what you did. Oh, you're so awesome. You're faithful. Come on, there is a difference in the countenance that you have. You might start out by faith in it, and it might feel like you're faking it, but you'll come to a place where it lights you up on the inside, and you begin to see the goodness of God. It's not just a hope or a wish. It's not this legacy of what was. It's a legacy of what I make it to be and what I choose it to be through Christ Jesus. Amen? Come on. Are you tracking with me? The praise is what connects you to the victory of God. Notice what it says here, and I'm finishing up with this. Isaiah 63 verse, or 61 verse 3 says, To counsel those who mourn in Zion. Now notice it says those that mourn. So again, there's countenances down. Those that mourn in Zion to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garments of praise for the spirit of heaviness, the oil of joy for mourning. <laughs> Did it say to stay there? <laughs> Find three people to come and <laughs> with you? No, it says put on the oil of joy. You put it on, it starts to ooze down. It don't just stay in one place, does it? It travels. You got enough oil on you, somebody else coming, it gets on them. That's what I want to happen. Because we'll start to lock arms together. We'll stir up joy on the inside. We'll put the garments of praise on. Oh, praise God. Oh, praise God. You're so good, God. You're faithful. This is going to be the best Christmas ever. Oh, we're not going to lack. We're not making it about the presence. It's about Jesus. It's about the light. And the light has come. And joy is ours. We're reunited with family. We're starting a new legacy. We're starting a new trend because of the goodness of God. Can you say amen? Amen. The oil of joy. Your praise engages the power of God. Think about the lights on the tree. Don't you just love it when that one goes out? What happens when that one bulb goes out? They all go out or it just creates a mess. Right? And you have to go through there one by one. By one. <laughs> and you got to the very last one. You stinking thing. It was you all along. Right? Your praise is like replacing that one light bulb. When it seems like things have gotten dark, when it seems like everything is starting to get ugly, the tree doesn't look the same, Christmas doesn't feel like it should. Oh, I'm just boo-hoo, boo-hoo, bah-humbug. When you put your praise on, even when you step out and do it by faith, it's like replacing the bulb in the chain and it begins to light up. 
It begins to change the countenance. It begins to expose the darkness. And it taps into the power of God so that Christmas can be what you desired it to be. Jesus is why we celebrate Christmas. He is the light. He is the heart mender, the way maker, the miracle worker, the prince of peace, the great I am. He's the soon and coming king. He is the Christ in Christmas. I don't know where you're at this morning. I don't know what your legacy has been. But if you're one of those individuals that is like, man, I just hate this time of year. I encourage you, use your faith this Christmas to experience the real reason for the season. I challenge you to see Jesus. Amen? Can we do it together? If you need help, we'll do it together. If you need a laughing partner, I'll laugh with you. If you want to cry, well, I don't so much like crying. But I'll laugh with you. We'll stir up joy. We'll get excited. Because God's faithful. Let's stand. subscribe to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites which can be found at our website gvchurch.tv we know that today's message has been a blessing to you thanks for listening we are genesee valley church loving god loving people and loving life